it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Before we talk to Gawain in the UK, I wanted to make sure you're aware of something which went down last week. As a former military guy, I'm very concerned about communication security, especially now as a journalist. It's important that who I talk to, you know, no one else is listening. Well, last week, a letter was released which showed many of the encrypted apps that we use to communicate privately were actually sharing information or have been sharing information with the federal government and other agencies. iMessage from Apple and WhatsApp from Facebook were two of the ones that were especially uh, highlighted for doing this. But there was one encrypted messaging service that was not in the article. Utopia P2P is a privacy ecosystem. It's decentralized. It's based on blockchain. It's anonymous. There's no central server that someone can break into and hack all your messages. So if you're interested in communicating without anyone else knowing that you're communicating or being able to hear what or see what you communicated, go to Utopia P2P or U.IS for further information, and then I'll tell you everything you need to know. Now, Welcome to Information Operation. Today, again, from the UK, is our esteemed correspondent, Gawain Taller, who was the number two for Nigel Farage in the Brexit party. Welcome, Gawain. Good morning. Uh, good morning. From, <laughs> good morning from uh, cold, overcast, but but nice Oxfordshire. Interesting times. Today's another by-election. The last time I spoke to you was like this was... Uh, the day after by-election. Today is, in fact, mm -hmm. the by-election day. And it looks, as it happened that time, that the Conservatives are going to get another bloody nose from the Liberal Democrats. Mm. Um, and whilst the bloody nose is well-deserved, given the last, even the last few weeks, yeah, um, whether it should be applied by the Liberal Democrats is yeah. a very moot point. Um, I've been talking to people. I've just driven down from the constituency where it's taking place, which is not far from Liverpool. Mm -hmm. uh, Birmingham, Liverpool on the map of England and North Shropshire. And it's it's a seat which had a 35,000 votes for the Conservative, of which, which 25,000 was simple majority. It was a 60-plus mm -hmm. majority, 60% plus mm -hmm. vote. The idea that the Tories could lose it. This seat has been a Conservative seat since it was founded in 1832. Wow. It is. If there's any area that is so rock-solid Tory, this is rock-solid Tory. However, uh, and when they selected, um, after the previous incumbent had been busted for uh, abuse of funds, mm -hmm. uh Oh, uh, lobbying for a, uh, uh, funnily enough, Randox, one of the biggest firms providing uh, inoculations and vaccinations oh. on. Um, Oddly enough. 
oddly enough, um, <laughs> earning an extra hundred thousand pounds a year, which is what one hundred and thirty odd thousand yeah. a year on top of his uh, eighty-eight thousand salary. Um, however, despite this, when I spoke to the local newspaper editor a month or so ago, um, he told me, "You know what? Owen Patterson's his name. If Owen was to stand here again as an independent, he'd probably win." He'd been the local MP for 20 plus years. He was an assiduous uh, local act fellow. He did his work. He dealt with people's problems. He worked very hard. He was very, very, very well liked. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that he was forced to resign over an issue to do with uh, inappropriate uh, earnings, the locals don't don't like him. Hmm. So that, that the Tories were a shoe in if you had been selected as the Dr. Neil Shastryhurst, a former army doctor and now a barrister of a mixed race, I mean, how how cookie-cutter candidate could you possibly get a barrister, yeah. an NHS surgeon, a soldier? <laughs> I mean, you can't pay, and mixed race. You cannot pay for this sort of candidate. Um, but it looks like, and though he was not local, which did cause some of the farmers and the local constituents, some issues. Um, this guy was assured if there was any seats where a conservatives could could parachute in somebody they really wanted to get elected, mm -hmm. it was here. Mm -hmm. So what, what's so, happened? What's so the Tories obviously aren't doing the job for the uh, English people or the British people. What in the, in the Liberal Democrats? You're not sure they will. Is is there a new movement that will come in? And, um, they are. <laughs> Farm, farming vehicles, sorry. Um, they, they are um, liberal as Obama is liberal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that form of liberalism. Though, to be fair to the Liberal Democrats themselves, when it comes to vaccinations, mm -hmm. there's this little squeak of their former historic mm -hmm. liberalism, and they've mm -hmm. opposed compulsory mandatory vaccinations. Well, that's a step forward. <laughs> it is, and uh, it is. It is a tiny squeak of their former, yeah. former selves, um, and all power to their elbow for that one. Obviously, they only have uh, uh, something like a twentieth of the seats in the House of Commons. They're not going to mm -hmm. make government. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, they couldn't make it in Parliament. So Nick mm -hmm. Clegg, their former leader, is now over in uh, over in California doing his stuff for Facebook, and he's the head of public affairs for Facebook globally. Yeah. Um, he's the former leader of the Liberal Democrats. So wow. it gives you sort of idea who he is. Yeah. Uh, so, hmm. so the idea that a very Eurosceptic, this constituency voted uh, 60, 70 percent uh, in favour of the referendum, should be represented by the party that absolutely despises. In fact, their candidates describe those people working to get a proper Brexit as like people in Germany in the 1930s. Hmm. So she basically thinks her, her own constituents are Nazis. Um, and yet, so upset are the people of that part of the country and, by extension, the whole country with the way that the government is handling everything that they are prepared to vote for her rather than a very yeah. good candidate. So you have a situation in the UK similar to here where, um, you know, you, here we won elections for decades and lost the country. There you won Brexit and, and lost a lot of freedom and tyranny is coming in so how, how, I mean, what's the what's the answer to that in the uk I mean, who, who would have thought a bit like the beginning of war of the worlds isn't it who would have thought yeah. uh in, intelligence far more bureaucratic than ours were plotting our downfall we didn't yeah. know this we weren't expecting covid we weren't yeah. expecting 
the panic, the fear. And we weren't expecting, I suppose, a, a government led by someone like Boris Johnson, who in himself is not so much a liberal, but a liberty. Um, we wouldn't have expected a government led by him yeah. to have been so gung-ho when it came to lockdowns to uh, now they're voting for mandatory vaccines for the health service. And, and thinking about that, I mean, how serious did a healthcare crisis have to be that you're prepared to sack a fifth of your workforce? Or kill them with the vaccine. I mean, are people in Britain aware of the adverse reactions across the world to these drugs? We are aware of some. Um, I think that there is a... I mean, even the, the JCVR, which is the Vaccines Committee, mm -hmm. uh, advised initially against vaccines for under-18s. Mm -hmm. I think that we are uh, a little bit more minded to be... Um, I mean, people like to trust the boss, don't they? Um, yeah, sure. They like to. Um, and I think we are wary of what is perceived to be conspiracy theory. Sadly, right. the leaders of the anti-vax uh, movement were people who historically had been seen to be bonkers. Right. No, I get it. Same here. Um, and one, of them, yeah. one of them was convinced that the royal family were actually lizards. Um, <laughs> so you put him on stage and it undermines everything anybody sensible has to say. Of course. Of course. So therefore, the, the vax campaign people, the, uh, the vax skeptic or the uh, hesitant, um, are, have done themselves a lot of damage by associating with people who are clearly bash it. Um, yeah. And that doesn't help. Also, uh, I think, because over the generations, we have been actually quite well governed. Um, yeah. The idea that a government that, as I said, is led by liberty, let alone a liberal, um, could think that it's the right thing to close people down and, and behave in such an authoritarian fashion. Is, is, is very difficult to comprehend. Likewise, we look across at the continents and we look mm -hmm. at Austria, we look at Germany, we look at Greece, and we look mm -hmm. at Ursula van der Leyen saying, and now is the, and we go, oh, we're not like that. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. Those are those dodgy continentals. Uh, yeah. What would you expect from Germany and Austria that a, that a, uh, that a regime that introduces uh, discrimination based on a medical, ooh, it doesn't yeah. even go there. Right, um, right. But we, our self, our self image, is of a skeptical forthright people who won't do that. Yeah. We are freedom loving people, we think. And so, because of that sort of exceptionalism, that pro us bias about how we are, um, we find we don't believe really that our government would behave like that because it's our government and we're not like that. Um, Same here. Very similar situation. Yeah. But fear, nudge. Uh, political psychology, uh, environmental psychology, mass uh, psychosis, all this, all this stuff. There has been a very deliberate uh, attempt to hoodwink and scare uh, the people. In the last week, we've had the deputy prime minister on being uh, on being asked how many people are in hospital with this new moronic variant, uh, Omicron variant. Mm -hmm. um, he said two hundred and fifty. He had he was forced to correct it later to nine. Yeah, um, these are how many people hospitalised. Now, obviously, uh, if that's what you've got, the deputy prime minister getting his numbers wrong by a factor of twenty-five, the headlines were all written. 
the apology came later and they they scaled oh, that, course. but the headlines were all out. Yeah. And then yesterday, for his nth public statement, not speaking to Parliament, but making his statements to the, over the heads of politicians and over the heads of, of, of accountability to the general public, you had Boris Johnson, who accidentally said that 780,000 had caught the virus yesterday <laughs> in the previous 24 hours. That correction was 78,000. Yeah. Now, 78,000 is quite a lot. Let's sure. don't, 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 don't gain say that. But it's not 780,000. Well, That's also the Omicron, the Omicron variant is not deadly. I mean, it's it's very mild compared to the others. No, so is that the, is that news the, getting out? The South African, yeah, the major papers are running this, thing. and and I think, I mean, I was listening to uh, the main BBC on the on the way here before I was trying to find a pub to park in mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. this, um, and it was pretty clear that. Um, there are some reasonably wise heads out there. There are some people who are speaking, uh, and, and even on the BBC, who mm -hmm. are saying, "Calm down, calm down a bit. Don't don't over don't overstate it. We do not know the facts." Should I mean, they were mm -hmm. asking the head of the Department of Health, uh, uh, scientific advice of the Department of Health, and she was asked very point blank, "Would you go to a party?" And she said, yeah. "Well, I'd make choices about which parties I go to." She didn't say, "I wouldn't go to any." Yeah. Um, so yeah. whilst you've got politicians really pushing this, you're all going to die. Uh, oh, no, no, yeah. say, you're all going to die. Nobody's going to die, but the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. And because of the testing regime and because it is so much more transmissible, many more people who aren't ill are testing positive because they would. Well, that's Which a good thing. I mean, that the problem the NHS immunity. is facing yeah. Yeah. is a testing problem rather than a sickness problem. Right. It is, but if large numbers of health workers that you aren't about to sack, but large numbers of health workers are being sent home for 10 days when they're not mm -hmm. ill, mm -hmm. then those people with cancer and other problems can't be treated. So the damage to the NHS is not an overwhelming number of people taking up beds. It's an underwhelming number of people not being able to go to work because gotcha. they've been tested positive for a disease that doesn't make them ill. Yeah. Eh. So <laughs> what it happened? seems to me... Go ahead. Th this is... So you've got that. You've got the hospitality. I just picked up this point and spoke... Uh, the hospitality industry is being hammered. People are cancelling all their Christmas parties because they're being scared witless I and mean, you saw when i wrote the piece about don't panic yet well of course people panic when the government say don't panic yet <laughs> you sure. if you don't want people to panic you don't use the word panic right right so <laughs> you know Bor the reason in the so, beginning in the beginning boris is, was um, saying, uh, transport is, is in real trouble mm -hmm. healthcare is in real trouble not because people are ill yeah in, in the beginning boris was very uh pro letting the herd immunity Boris come was quite in. good initially yeah so what changed he was got it, ill yeah uh i see we have a little bit of delay Let it rip. yeah he, he almost died yeah so and that's what changed him he almost died and he almost died and he had his uh he had a new child mm-hmm and it seemed to, I, I've never heard of this problem of long COVID, 
before. I've heard of people being tired. I've heard of people various things, but I didn't know that COVID removed your spine. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But that seems to be the way that long COVID has impacted on our prime minister. It so, has taken his backbone out. Are the Tories and, uh, who voted for the max vax mandates, um, are they going to face any accountability? It, it, that, that does seem to be the problem. So, mm -hmm. um, however, I mean, we did have the vote this week on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I was just asking if the Tories who voted for the vax mandate. In some places, yes. Okay. Go ahead. In some places, yes. So it depends on what else happens in between then and the election. The election's a long way away. Um, and it depends on what happens. Yeah. I, I say, in, in some places they might, but mm -hmm. I think the election is so far away still that who knows what might happen. Look what happened in the last two years. What might happen in the next two years? Mm -hmm. Very hard, very hard to um, gain say and, 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 and predict. I mean, maybe in those two years, we might go back to complete normal. Good sense might return. Um, we may find that uh, our freedom, because Omicron uh, has taken over as the main thing and it's less, it's less than a bad cold. Uh, we may find that all our freedoms return to us. Great. <clears throat> but we may find that we're not allowed to vote. We're not allowed to leave our houses, that we have to have chips put in our arms to wave to just to go to the public toilet. Um, we don't know what will happen going forward so it's hard to uh it's hard to be absolutely clear as to how how if it's if, it, if the election was tomorrow it's very hard to see the government surviving mm -hmm. but you must remember that the opposition parties apart from this one thing on mandates mandated vaccinations lockdowns and all the rest of it yes but the mandated vaccinations um they all want more lockdown and more restrictions and more authoritarianism mm -hmm. so the the idea that the uh, the political situation in the uk can change to such an extent why would they vote for the labor party that wants to make it worse right and economically worse by the way and more green and more of this and more more authoritarianism so um I, people should not read into tonight's election that people want to see the countries move further to the left, further to the centre. Um, I think it's just a it's a it's a reaction in part to the hypocrisy of the government. I, in the last by-election, a couple of weeks ago, um, the Tories won it, and it was under a similar situation, but there was a tiny turnout 30 35 percent mm -hmm. one of the second lowest in 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 post-war history really mm -hmm. apathy but in in the intervening two weeks we have learned about the political uh, that boris and his team and others surrounding him and his their teams were all giving instructions to people to not see their dying granny meanwhile yeah. getting pissed in the office yeah and the or drunk, I think. Pissed is slightly different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the the point I make about the, the character of this country, we forgive weakness, mm. we forgive error, we even forgive stupidity. 
mm-hmm. who don't like hypocrisy. Yeah. Hold on. No worries. Uh, we don't like hypocrisy. Um, we don't like Kant. And that we feel that they're laughing at us. Mm-hmm. In fact, we saw the chief spokesman precisely yep. laughing. Yep. Now, I know her. She's nice. She's a, she's a decent woman. She wasn't even at the party. And she could, you could clearly see that she was embarrassed when she was making her little giggle. Mm-hmm. She had to go, of course. But we saw them laughing at us. Yes. You that is what that. apathy yeah. is turning to anger. Um, we recognize it's a tough job. We understand that they don't know what exactly is going on. We understand that when they brought in the first lockdown, the country which had no clue what COVID was going to do. We get all that. And we understand caution and we precautionary principle, even though we don't necessarily live that in our own lives. We understand that from a, a governmental sense. Mm-hmm. But we don't like them laughing at us. We don't. It's like Neil Ferguson, the infamous uh, uh, COVID modeler, disease modeler yeah tell us we're all going to die and the whole world's going to die uh but then goes to see his mistress regularly during the lockdown on being questioned about it. he said oh well i've had it so i'm immune so what about the rest of us who've had it right i've had it right am i immune can i just enjoy myself yes not that i have a mistress or i'm going to not not, not that but you get my point <laughs> uh, but um but the that it is that hypocrisy they it is one rule for them, one rule for us. Meanwhile, businesses close. Meanwhile, you can't see your loved ones. Meanwhile, you're scared to go out. Meanwhile, uh, the evidence that we're seeing from South Africa and elsewhere that is in advance of us on uh, Omicron uh, suggests that this is not the killer. I think one of the main South conductors made the point very clearly. If we were not in a time of COVID, we wouldn't have even noticed that this thing existed. Exactly. exactly. We only know it exists because we're testing everybody. Oh, look, yeah. there's a new thing. Because most people, a couple of days, tops, bit of a, bit of a sniffle, yeah. and you're on your way. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have even gone to see our doctor. We right. might have popped into the, the chemist or the pharmacy to pick up a, pack, a packet of aspirin or, or, or paracetamol. But that's it. Yes. Squeeze some lemons, give me some honey and a tot of whiskey, and that'll sort me for the next two days. All right, I'll back to work. That is how we would have responded to it if we were not testing for a disease that kills. But this one doesn't seem to. Yes. Or at least in a tiny, tiny, in the sort of proportion that a cold does every year. Is there a, in the US, there is an organized, grassroots, motivated, passionate, angry group of over the half of the country that is pushing back against this. Do you see that forming in the UK at all with the lockdowns and Not the COVID yet. mandates? Um, there are organizations like uh, hashtag together. Um, mm-hmm. And this Saturday, I'll be interested to see. I mean, I, I, I walked through a, a demonstration last Sunday, last Saturday in Parliament Square, but there was only a few thousand in it. Mm-hmm. This was against the mandates, mm-hmm. um, uh, the vax mandate, not the mask mandate, but the, It'll be interesting to see what happens on the 18th. There's supposed to be quite a big one taking place. There have been big rallies. Most people knuckle down and get on with their lives and ignore the government. Yeah. Um, as I say, I just walked into this pub here. Right. Uh, and, she, and I looked and I do I need to wear a mask? Said, ah, do you think yeah. we listen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Um, so, good. good, good to hear. So, I, I, and most people 
they opinion polls say they all support the, the lockdowns and then you look in their daily lives right and they don't live that support they yeah okay if i was being yeah I'll, I'll i'll officially say that i support it but i will pop around to see my mate um and so we are i haven't been in london since the new rules came in uh, I'm going back there this evening. It'll be interesting to see if people in the shops are actually listening, mm -hmm. if people on buses. I think I see a lot more people on public transport who are complying, hmm. but compliance is, is 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 weakening. Every time they try it, it weakens. That being said, very few people really sit there and do the research. Right. The main organs of the media are very much part of the panic and drive the panic. And it is very hard to... People are frightened. They are. Yeah. They're still frightened. And they're not just frightened of the disease. They're frightened of the 10,000 quid fine. Right. And in more cases, I think they're frightened of the fine than they are of the disease. Sure. Um, so... Because not many of us could pocket a, a ten ten thousand quid fine, right? And, and it, it, it is like it, they talk about life changing injuries. A ten thousand quid fine is a life changing injury to mo most people, of course, uh, of course. And so one understands why they are uh, people comply, because the option, what might happen if you don't? I think three thousand people, are, uh, three thousand people are going through court for activities just about exactly the same as the government were doing or the, the conservative number 10 boris johnson's team were doing while they were doing it so they're having their parties but i've got a 10 grand fine or a three grand fine just like in australia uh yes but we don't have evidence that scott morrison in australia his team was getting pissed and having and laughing about right. it so, so do, you, do, do you think this i mean you don't see these uh this tyranny happening in in africa you don't see it in other places do you think they're going after the commonwealth in the united states the the globalist regimes if you will trying to change western civilization i mean that's something that that's quite deep and i don't know if that's the sort of bring, the, the build back better bring it yeah. by world economic forum davos all yeah. the rest of it. um they don't like independence yeah they don't like that. Yeah. They 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 do. I mean, I'm talking to somebody only a couple of days ago. And said, this isn't a conspiracy. It, well, if it was a conspiracy, it's very badly hidden. All you have to do is go yeah. on their own websites, and they tell you quite yeah. clearly what they want to do. This is not a conspiracy. It's reality. It's yeah. just it's hidden. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't hidden yeah. at all. They have an agenda. You can read the agenda. They're happy to talk about their agenda. Um, and it's remarkable how many senior people within your society and my society and Western society mm -hmm. as a whole, uh, or which was the Anglo-Saxon speaking or the, uh, yeah. the common law uh, society. I think common law is an issue for these people. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Law derived by the people rather than by the elite is a huge problem because it gives, it gives power to the ordinary man and woman. Um, exactly. And that is something that has always got to be concerning if one wishes to accrue power to a, 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 a defined and technocratic centre. 
Um, well, we, we have our work cut out for us, definitely. But, um, you know, I'm sure you're worried about what's happening in the U.S. and we're worried about what's happening in the U.K. So Yeah, um, and, and, and you look at Australia, you look at New Zealand, you look at some of the other yeah. things that are going on. Did you, uh, did you see that glorious business of uh, Ms. Arden in, Aust in New Zealand uh, setting up, she's now funding journalism to, to fight. She's got nice. She's funding journalism to fight misinformation. Right. Oh, that's coming. They'll turn off the internet for some people at some point if they have to. I, but, uh, yeah. I, what sort of, I, when I say what sort of journalist would take that money, one that needs money, I guess. Yeah, sure. Oh, there's plenty <laughs> you of people. Always blame them. You can't always blame them because the, the uh, journalism does not pay very well, as you know very well. Sure. Um, so it's hard to entirely criticize somebody who's trying to keep the wolf from the door. Um, but at the same time, that governments are even cons i've only ever seen that sort of behavior from the european union uh yeah. in western liberal democracies that they are paying freelance journalists and third-party journalists in order to get their message across their message yeah. is so weak and is cannot does not have the robustness to stand up to criticism that they need to pay journalists to write about it and will the journalist when he writes or she writes an article about how wonderful the policy is mention that they're yeah. directly funded by the government i doubt it yeah well in the u.s the biden administration has been completely delegitimized so there is we're going to have a very interesting year i don't think the uk is quite to where we are but uh, you've got to remember that there were no question marks about the election. Yeah. It was a mass second biggest majority since right. the war. Right. Um, the only one who's got a bigger majority, I think, was Thatcher. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. you get the idea. Uh, it, it's an entirely legitimate government. Sure. There is no question of that. That makes um, a big difference. Yeah. And it does, of course, because the, they do have the moral authority, even though they behave in what many people regard as an immoral way. Yeah. And many of their own supporters believe that they're, they have lost all... Uh, uh, they're not even within touching distance of common morality. However, yeah. they do have the electoral legitimacy. Mm -hmm. And so even if, even if Boris was to fall, yeah. he would be replaced by another Conservative. There's no question of an election. So well, we, we have a similar situation with the GOP and where we're literally taking the party over from the ground up. And they're fighting that like crazy because the elites in the party have sold us out. Haven't you been doing that since Newt Gingrich? Not to this level. Not to, well, but you're right. But uh, well, we made that's what we won elections and lost the country. I mean, this is the problem. We have to get the people out that are doing what Boris is doing, saying one thing and vote another way. But, but it's, um, it's also the the problem is, and it is a long-standing problem of uh, the Western world, mm -hmm. is people with that sort of independent mindset uh, who mm -hmm. believe in personal personal autonomy, political, economic, and now medical autonomy, yeah. um, they spent their time going off into business and making money. They didn't this spend their true. time going into the public sector and making decisions that control our lives. They didn't spend yeah. their time getting into the media. And so whilst we may have, we, we may be as, a, as nations far wealthier than we were, we're far more successful than we were in many ways and able to provide more, more for our peoples, the levers were left in the hands of people who 
Exactly. But I do see uh, in the U.S. a, a concerted push to for people ne realizing they they need to stand up and and go take over these positions. So I mean, that, that's happening. The Virginia votes, and therefore uh, the mm -hmm. uh, responses to that. School boards. I see that mm -hmm. there's there seems to be, and it's not just in the areas you might immediately assume. Exactly. Uh, would revolt against the school board uh, thing, the mm -hmm. uh, the court case. Yes. Um, I, I, obviously, I wasn't following it that closely, mm -hmm. but uh, that much, I mean, from how it was the, the, uh, seeing it through the, uh, the prism of the UK media, mm -hmm. um, I was very surprised um, at the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and then, having read having read the outcome, I had to go back and actually look at what happened. Yeah. And then I wasn't surprised about the outcome. The judge did the right thing. The 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 courts did the right thing. However, when you hear the response from very senior people in the administration, basically saying, "Why well, now we have to change the, the courts? Well, now we have to change the law. The law yeah. isn't progressive enough. Yeah, the law does not take the law is is it, it, old fashioned because it regards facts as important." Are, are you talking about the, the cases with the vaccine mandates? No, the, Carl, the Carl Rittenhouse. Oh, Rittenhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, facts sure. are important. Yeah. Um, and there are little snippets in, in uh, on the continent where people in, in one region of Belgium, they've kicked mm -hmm. back against the mandates, and the mm -hmm. court has said, uh-uh, you haven't got the evidence. Mm -hmm. Portugal's doing the same. There are things going on. There are court cases being taken. So we... We shall see. I mean, yeah. not all the legal profession has has uh, has swallowed the uh, swallowed the wrong coloured pills. Uh, yeah. They not not not. There are still people who believe in fact and yes. those enlightenment values that underpin pretty much everything that makes our societies worth living in. Well, Gawain, I don't think this story is going away in no. your neck of the woods or, or across the pond. So. Uh... I want to do this, uh, you know, maybe on like a monthly, six-week basis and just keep people advised on what's going on. Only too happy to. Um, yeah. Have a good rest of the day. I'm going to go and have a look at this church. Excellent. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your pint. Take care. I will. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye.